Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Hi, Jules. I'm Ben, your new intern. I'm glad you also see the humor in this. Be hard not to. I love the work of Nancy Myers. I really do. I, and I pause in that once in a few years moment to appreciate that I'm really going to be entertained by my soulmate in how I want to behave as a woman and how it sometimes goes awry. But I'm okay with that chaos because in the end, I live a life that is way cool in kitchens that aren't mine but should be. O'Toole, what say you? Yes, Hollister. I was so struck by something when I walked into the movie theater today to see The Intern. And mind you, I saw it at the largest movie theater in New England. Okay, and you can guess what struck me. I went up the escalator and I saw a humongous banner for the new James Bond movie. And then I walked by an enormous screenshot from On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando. And then I saw the original poster from Rocky, the original poster from Indiana Jones, Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, Bruce Willis in Die Hard, Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. I assume that your point is that Nancy Meyers' film stands out amongst those as it's about for women? There was not one woman in any of the posters. It goes to show what Nancy Meyers is up against. Only 6% of directors in Hollywood are women. But hats off to Nancy Meyers that she's been able to forge such a long and successful career. Absolutely true. But let's talk about the movie. So what did you think of it? I loved it. And it's very surprising to me because when I saw the trailer, I have to confess I was a little disappointed that it wasn't a romantic comedy. As you know, Something's Gotta Give is one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, you know, it's funny because I've decided that romantic comedies based on this movie can be more than just a sexual romance. It was a romance between uh, De Niro and Hathaway. I mean, no matter what you want to call it, it was a parental romance. It was a BFF romance. It was a bromance. I mean, it was all of the things that are romantic, just it wasn't sexual. And in a way, isn't that a wonderful thing? I have to say hats off to Nancy Myers too, because even when you take a genre like the romantic comedy that people say is a worn out genre, whether you agree with that or not, like with every screenplay, it's always that challenge of coming up with something that seems original, but is familiar. And I remember when Something's Gotta Give came out and I thought, oh, that's an interesting twist that Diane Keaton is going to fall for the ex of her daughter. And then Uh you think, okay, there's not another twist left out there. And then she comes out with It's Complicated, where Meryl Streep is having an affair with her ex-husband who had cheated on her. And you're thinking, huh, I didn't see that one coming. Good for her. And then the intern comes out and you think, okay, what possible original twist can Nancy Myers come up with now? And she makes it this avuncular relationship where there isn't really a romance, but she does put in Linda Lavin, who I've always loved, and Renee Russo. And now in this one, we have Ben and Matt. Ben, of course, being played by Robert De Niro. Right. The 70-year-old intern. Right. And then we have Matt. Matt is her husband. Yes. Who is, you know, starts off being a nice guy, but you sort of knew there was going to be something going on underneath that. And he's sort of like the Alec Baldwin character. You know, it's funny. I knew from one of the first scenes that he was going to fool around. I read a very interesting statistic. They said of all the quadrangles, stay-at-home husbands are the most likely to cheat. 
well, isn't that sad? But but in this movie thing, I think there is this parallel of she brings two men in, always centered around one woman. The women are always outliers. Hathaway is the same kind of outlier that Keaton was. Keaton was a very successful playwright, unusual in her time. Probably Wendy Wasserstein's the only one who could be held up next to her. The only thing that's really different about this is that is that Hathaway's so much younger, and then Ben is the older intern, who, by the way, her first choice, she offered it to Nicholson, and I think De Niro was a much better choice. Don't you agree? I thought De Niro was terrific, and I know she loves yeah. working with Jack Nicholson, and I think she brought out the best in him and something's got to give. But I think it's a brilliant stroke on Nancy Myers's part because when we were talking about When Harry Met Sally in our Nora Ephron podcast, we were saying that one of the things that made that movie so strong is that the male and female points of view were both so strongly represented through the voices of Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. And I think Nancy Myers is so smart about that, that she always brings in these heavy hitters, Jack Nicholson, Alec Baldwin, Robert De Niro, and it adds just more oomph to the movie. Yeah, it does. I'm glad it was De Niro. And De Niro hasn't played a soft-spoken guy in probably 10 years. And who you know? knew that Raging Bull could be this sincere man that has such yeah. a calming oh, presence. great analogy. But you yeah. know what? That's one of the things that I loved about the movie that I didn't love in the trailer. And I thought the trailer didn't have enough zip because, you know, it wasn't a romantic comedy. And yet in the movie, his calming presence is um, one of the things that I really liked about the plot. Oh my God, I loved it. And then, of course, you know who was who she chose, who signed on to play uh, the Hathaway role and then dropped out. Reese Witherspoon. Interesting. Yep. I liked the yeah. Anne Hathaway, Robert De Niro combination. I did. I thought it was wonderful. And Anne Hathaway, by the way, um, she does very well in the box office when she's not the star. The only time she was the star that did really, really, really well was in Devil Wears Prada, but some people said that Streep was the star, star there. But And this was very much like the Devil Wears Prada. It's, well, it's a it fashion a bit, yeah. company, but yeah. instead of her being the intern or new employee, it's De Niro. Um, but, you know, one thing I read about Anne Hathaway that just endeared her to me even more was when she auditioned for The Princess Diaries. During the audition, she fell out of her chair. <laughs> She didn't mean to do it, but the way she did it, they offered her the role on the spot. Well, maybe she did mean to do it. You know, I I mean, a lesson to actors out there, no matter how badly you think an audition's going, it might be the thing that gets you the role. Yeah. But, but, you know, everybody who said this was going to be so different, the truth is, it's the same setup. A girl in the middle of two guys who, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The reason this film is so good, and so are all the others, is because... Her attention to detail, she's notorious for spending tremendous amounts of money changing a set in the minorest of ways. And she cares about every scene, and it can take her a month to shoot. Her attention to detail doesn't stop with the set. Her attention to detail around the characters as she writes them, there's nothing she leaves undone. And I think it's one of the reasons why this film is so terrific. Her attention to detail about the way the millennials live now versus the way uh, the generation that's coming into their 60s now lives was so brilliantly contrasted. That's the plot device in younger that works so well is Sutton Foster coming back into the workplace and having to adapt to the ways of the millennials. But I think that her themes were so well chosen here because she took on two biggies. She took on ageism 
and sexism. And I loved that because we've seen it in Hollywood now for quite some time that they take an established star with a younger star and pair them together to get box office demographics. So for example, when you see a Harrison Ford paired with a Shia LaBeouf, and here I thought it was great that she took one male star and one female star, but Robert De Niro, who's 70 in the movie, is facing ageism. And Anne Hathaway, of course, who's started this entire company, is facing sexism. But Hollister, I want to circle back to something you said, where you said that her female characters tend to be outliers. And something, um, you know, again, I loved the movie, but something that I, I thought was a little disheartening was when I thought about the premise of this movie, that the venture capitalists wanted to bring in a male CEO over Anne Hathaway, even though she started the company and had grown it into the huge success that it became. Um, To me in 2015, I thought this is so depressing that this is the premise of the movie when Baby Boom with Diane Keaton, written by Nancy Myers, came out 28 years ago. And 28 years ago, Diane Keaton was already trying to figure out how to deal with that all-male board and run a company and have a child at the same time. This is where, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to some sort of come from a different point of view. I don't think it was because she was a woman. Most startups, by the way, um, the CEO uh, who originates the startup, uh, at some point in time, the VC group comes in and says, let's bring in somebody who has a larger experience base. But all the candidates to be CEO were men. Well, that just happens to be what she used in the film. Now, she mentioned Zuckerberg wasn't replaced. Well, he, like she, had controlling interest. It was clear she had controlling interest because they couldn't replace her without her agreeing to it. But I don't think they were replacing her as a as an act of, of sexism. They were replacing her because she didn't have the experience to take it to the $200 million level, which is often done in but those types of... To me, of- it was a little depressing that all the candidates were men who would be coming in above her, and it was the men in the movie that had to tell her not to do it while her house husband is cheating on her. I loved the way she was presented as a person who was strong but also vulnerable. I love that I loved that. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the characters, I thought they were brilliant. It's just what it says about our society. I feel like our society still has a ways to go. It reminded me of our recent podcast about Borgen, where it shows the challenge of the stay-at-home husband who yeah. feels emasculated, is cheating on her, and their marriage is in crisis, yeah. and had given up a lucrative career himself. It really shows how hard it is to have it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also, you saw the independence of her daughter where, you know, it's like, daddy, yep. don't, don't wake mommy. I mean, you know, look, kids from who have working, working moms in that fashion who see and mirror their mothers. So instead of trying on their dress up shoes, you know, she's being this, this corporate mom like her mom. And it was a very funny line when Robert De Niro said of the daughter, she's like a little clone of the mother. It was a great line. Yeah, that was, it was a great moment. It was a great place to lay her in the line. It was all, all very well done. And also, gosh, the scenery, uh, every set is so fabulous. Like I would work in that office. I would live in either of those houses. I would drive in that car. I would drive down that road. I'd wear any of her clothes. The one person that I was irritated with Nancy is the woman in her sixties. The woman in turn that Nancy brings into this couldn't drive. She couldn't Mm -hmm. speak, let alone drive. She was a total ditz. Now I, I took an umbrage to that. And I don't think, I don't think Nancy serves anybody well in putting her in like that. She could have been not as fabulous as him, but don't make her an idiot, you know? 
Um, mm-hmm. Now, she made the young men idiots, too, so maybe that's sort of offset by, you know, there's there's a little balancing act of you can't have all the guys saying there's nobody else who looks like an idiot. But I didn't think that her portrayal of the 60-year-old woman was probably very... Um, or, you know, was really what you wanted it to be. I really didn't. You know, of all her movies, either where she's written the screenplay or written and directed the movie, I have never been disappointed. Dating back to Private Benjamin, when I look at the screenplay she's done, and she's yeah. always surprised me, even in movies where I didn't think I would like them as much as I did, I loved them like The Parent Trap. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's an amazing, amazing director. One of her many strengths is when she introduces characters, I love the music that oh. she always seems to put in the uh-huh. background. Uh-huh. So for example, in The Intern, do you remember which song was playing when we first see Robert De Niro? Absolutely not, because you know I don't. I don't hear. I don't hear the music. You know I don't hear the music. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. And I thought that oh, is so right, funny right, right, on right, right, so right, many right, levels right, that right. you've got this man coming in. Yeah, she does. You're right. She does music very, very well. She does it so well in all her films. And I had read that even on set, she will sometimes just play a piece of music to connote to her actors what tone she wants to achieve in the scene. Right now, what about the young male in? interns and and the way they just in the end loved being mentored by um by De Niro what'd you think about that I loved that I loved the tagline of the movie that experience never gets old I loved the camaraderie I loved when they had to break into the house I loved the fist bumping and I loved that it showed that obviously we have things to learn from each generation I, well, I loved it too. I did. I just, I loved that it doesn't start out that way. It starts out with them sort of discounting him and then the value is layered in and you see it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently the intern, this was Nancy Myers's first workplace movie since Baby Boom, which again was 28 years ago. Hmm. But I always think of her as being this pioneer, you know, because of movies like Private Benjamin, where at the time that was just so unusual that Goldie Hawn was playing a woman in the military. When it came out, it was like being... When you, I, I mean, I remember going to it. It was like being immersed in freezing cold water because we hadn't seen anything like it before. You know, it was totally out of the box. First of all, women were very rarely the star. You know, they were the supporting role, just as they were in life back then. But I love that she that she loves to write for the, about the entrepreneurial woman. I love it. I love it. I love it. She sent the script to her niece, who worked at a startup when she was finished, and said, "What do you think?" And she said that the niece wrote her back and said in an email, I need a Ben exclamation point, you know, <laughs> uh, we all need a by ben. the way, I know for me, I actually got teary a couple times when I thought I did too. I know. I think it mostly was in the kitchen scenes when, when <laughs> Ben was, you know, sort of entering in their family and he was lonely. And then when he sits on the bed and says, you can be buried with Molly and me, you know, it was just exactly the right sentence that she needed. It was a right, the perfect mix of murmur and humor. Um, and I've always said to men who, you know, talk to me about their wives or their girlfriends, whatever. I was like, if you can't mix murmur with humor, then you can't get along with, you don't understand women. Like if you can mix a murmuring, oh, I'm so sorry with something funny, you're going to win. It'll take away their grief, you know? And I think it was that perfect mixture of the two, you know? She does that so brilliantly. And I find that in her movies, so often Nancy Myers puts her finger on the thing that has been bugging me. 
and yet I can't put concisely into words or I feel politically incorrect even voicing. So for example, in that scene, I thought it was so heartbreaking where Anne Hathaway is talking about how she knows that her husband's cheating on her and she's debating about what to do about it. And maybe that's why she should take the CEO in above her because maybe it'll help save her marriage. And when Robert De Niro says, you're not taking any of the blame, are you, you know, for your husband stepping out, like, you know, don't do that. And when she looks at him and she just gets all teary herself and says, yeah, but we both know if we get divorced, he'll be remarried, maybe not to this one, but to somebody. And I'm going to end up in that single and alone part of the cemetery. And I thought statistically, she's absolutely right. The stay-at-home husband that looks like one of the interns that doesn't know how to comb his hair is going to be remarried. And And yes, that is true. You know, so when Robert De Niro says to her, look, you can be buried with me and Molly, it provided some levity. It was touching. It showed that their friendship had really grown. I think he knew how to gauge what somebody's needs were. He gauged that because he was very good at reading people. Also, it was such an interesting dynamic that he's 70. He's retired. He doesn't want her job. He can be this learned, wiser person who can convey Zen-like lessons. There were a lot of wise things about it set up in a comedy, which of course all always makes those lessons so much easier. Well, I I think that was also pointing out the insensitivity of how the millennials think about themselves and they relate everything to the way they think rather than saying, who am I talking to and what's relevant to them? There is that sort of... And they never think they'll be in that position someday (laughs) if they're lucky enough. By the way, and neither neither maybe did we, but I don't know. But the other thing is when they asked uh, Nancy Meyer, somebody asked her about the rom-com and she, you know, because they said, you've done so many rom-coms, this is not a rom-com. And she said that she thinks the rom-coms have been in a bit of a coma. Perhaps they're not dead, but they're in a coma. And then she said, but I've noticed all my life, if I ask, how did you two meet? The whole table will always turn and listen. Everyone's interested in relationship. There's a ceiling on how much money rom-coms can make, but Trainwreck was a hit. I did enjoy Trainwreck and I did enjoy The Intern. And I think what both of those movies did is they kind of brought back the romance of The Gentleman. So I loved the male character in Trainwreck. You never doubted that he was anything less than a guy with decency and would do the right thing. And yet when I was watching The Intern, and I don't mean this as a slight against the movie, I was just thinking about this as social commentary. I was thinking, I wonder how confusing it would be to be a man trying to deal with um, what the gender dynamic is supposed to be in 2015. Because on the one hand, I loved the lines where Robert De Niro says to Anne Hathaway, you know, okay, well, let me be the feminist in this conversation, um, where women obviously should be equals. And yet, you know, at the end, when Anne Hathaway says to her husband, you know, you should really carry a handkerchief because women cry and that's what they do and you're supposed to step in. Okay, that being said, I don't even know where I stood on total equality because the same way that women should be able to do whatever they want at the workplace, I think it is noble and good if any person wants to do the right thing by their children and be the best parent they can be. But when her husband made more than one joke about being the mom... It was a very heavy-handed way of saying he was in crisis and he was having an identity crisis. And he says it that first night. He says, look, I need some 
some me time, I'm not okay. You know, I mean, you know, every single thing that came out of his mouth was pointing in that direction. So there's no question. It does raise these issues of if the man is going to be the stay-at-home parent. It's a very interesting new frontier dynamic of forging their way the same way women have had to forge their way at the workplace. Yeah, I, well, I think it's I think it's comforting to those in the workplace, both male and female, to see movies like this because it shows the difficulty of both sides. But it was interesting because she, um, in another interview that Nancy Myers did, she said that she talked to Anne Hathaway about how there's a built-in prejudice toward the female boss and um, and how that they have to, and she wanted Anne to say, look, we're going to counter that. And then she said that there was this one joke in the movie where De Niro finds out he's assigned to Anne Hathaway and somebody says, that's unfortunate. And she wasn't sure she wanted to put that in because she didn't want... Um, she didn't want to be portraying that the only way you can get to the top is to be a, you know, raving lunatic, you know, woman, you know, mm-hmm. um, now, but she wanted to show that she was facing discrimination. And then she, she said that she, you could see that Anne's a good person throughout the film. So she felt that showing both sides was very important too. And, um, so she says she takes a lot of time to think about how she's portraying this women and what it's going to mean to both her two daughters and other women who are coming up. Being a woman, as I can imagine would be the case if one were a minority, there's always this extra onus on what is this going to mean when your character does this. It's, it's kind of like that discussion we had when we were talking about Gina Davis and Thelma and Louise. When Thelma and Louise came out and it ended up on the cover of Time magazine and so many men went ballistic because they said you don't have enough good guys in this movie. Um, it's it's a shame that you're not just free to make characters and you can have a bad driver and you don't have to worry about what it means when you have a female being a bad driver or you can have a mean boss, but you don't have to worry about what it means to have a female mean boss. Oh, I mean, totally. Absolutely. I think the screenplay was just so solid. Yeah, it will. I mean, it, it all, but it, it always is. It's like, it it's always like, is. It, it must be like having her, you know, like, let's say you're a, you're a college professor and the first paper that comes out of a student is really, really good. And you know, the whole semester, they're going to turn in the same quality work. The moments of humor were just dropped in at the exact right moments where you don't even expect a funny line to come in a certain scene and she just dropped it in beautifully. And not only did she drop it in beautifully, everybody executed brilliantly. And you said Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the podcast that you think she's very good to cast really strong acting people to carry off the lines that she puts in. And she does, but they, you know, they asked her, they said to her, you've worked with all the stars, Streep, Nicholson, you know, who is on your wish list? And she said Ryan Gosling and Leonardo DiCaprio. That is interesting. Yeah, and she says DiCaprio is as, this is a quote, is as good as they get. I don't think so. So it's like, huh. Some of her funny is hurt your heart funny. And, yes. you know, and, and, you know, I mean, hashtag hurt your heart funny is when, mm-hmm. you know, like when he was setting out his clothes, when he set two alarm clocks, when he, you know, all those, you know, when he set out his dinner to eat by himself. The, one of the themes of it was community. And I love the sense of community. It was very nice watching a workplace movie where the people at that workplace were not stabbing each other in the back. And I think all of us, you know, all the women in the country who have worked and who have, you know, gone through life in a uh, in a busy way can look at themselves and see 
uh, a mirror into themselves and also a window into that which they aspire to be. And I think she does it in such a gentle, non-angry, hostile way that it makes you be able to laugh at the at the difficulty of it and to laugh at the ability to get there or not. You know, she makes it so that the bitterness is gone, the bitter taste of some of the of the things that challenge us as women in the workplace and in love. Uh, I think she really did a really good job. Although I do have to say in the end, I'm not sure they should have stayed together and she should have taken him back so quickly. I really thought the husband was creepy. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing to me that I'm not going to call it a false note. I'm not saying it wasn't realistic, but I'm not happy for, for Anne Hathaway. Again, it's bringing back the trauma of the devolution of the marriage in Borgen to me. Yeah. Well, you know, look, it was a choice she made and I thought she did an amazing job. I really did. Nancy Myers is the best. Best. Enjoy the intern, and you'll be able to watch it a number of times till the next thing that she puts out comes out. <laughs> <laughs> 